my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we're responding to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also the host every Tuesday and Wednesday of our Drive Time program, Love Drive Time. Thank you so much for uh, joining with us. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you, uh, whether you're you're in your car listening to us, uh, coming home from work or listening to us via the Faith FM app. And look, guys, if you don't have the Faith FM app, if you're missing, uh, missing the app on your phone, you do need to download that particular app. Now, that app is... Is actually available at your favorite app store. What you need to do is to go on and simply search for Faith FM Australia. Now, please make sure you put the Australia there. Otherwise, you're going to have Faith FM America, and uh, you don't want Faith FM America. You want Faith FM Australia. It's a really great app. Uh, you can uh, you can replay any of the uh, any of the apps. Uh, you can link it in by Bluetooth into your uh, into your car and uh, uh, enjoy uh, with undis. Disturb sound, uh, Faith FM Australia. Uh, so please download that, uh, uh, that app. Uh, this week, uh, we're attempting to make sense of conspiracy theories. Uh, we commence the series uh, by asking, uh, does the Bible have anything to say about conspiracy theories? Yesterday, uh, we asked, does the Bible support any conspiracy theories? And today, how do I identify a conspiracy theory? And today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher. Now, David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Now, welcome to you, David. Good afternoon, Gary. How are you? And it's good to uh, be here so we can uh, have a conversation with our listeners. Ah, uh, it is It is wonderful to uh, be in this warm studio. You know, last week I really thought that uh, we actually had spring at Hit us here in South uh, in South Oz. Uh, I thought that uh, I wasn't going to have to be wearing jumpers anymore, and uh, all of a sudden we're back to uh, winter weather again. So yeah, last week I think it was this Wednesday last week. You and I were sitting here, uh, maybe a bit prideful of the beautiful weather. I think in Cooperpedi, the north of South Australia, near the centre of Australia, it was thirty three or thirty six degrees. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, today we're about sixteen degrees. It's cold. Yesterday was colder. Yeah, and, and of course, our good mates over there in Victoria have just been hit with uh, with an earthquake. Yes, I believe from what I read, it was the uh, highest recorded, uh, greatest magnitude recorded since colonisation, since records uh, on the Eastern Australian seaboard. Yeah, I tell you what, poor old Victoria is really getting knocked around. I mean, I feel for. I mean, my brother actually lives over there in uh, uh, in Victoria, and he's actually an uh, RN, works in uh, in operating uh, theatre, and they're in the middle of a procedure. Actually, he actually rang us up afterwards, and uh, we chatted on for a little while. And uh, you know, I mean, when you've got the you know, people shaking you and shaking uh, hands <laughs> with <the> sharp implements, <laughs> uh, dear me. Um, but uh, but no, all went uh, all went well. There, uh, so there were no uh, no major major issues came came out of that. Uh, but look, David, what are you doing during the school holidays? They're coming up in the very near future. They are, yeah. Look, a little bit of time uh, up in the beautiful Flinders Ranges, um, really iconic. They are, and I just love the ruggedness and the colours, the hues, really beautiful. And um, yeah, 
hopefully no work and, and some cycling. Which uh, so you're getting, what, full two weeks? I'm hoping to, yes. You're hoping to. Hopefully you'll have no – you're going to leave your mobile phone at home? Um, I'll be home for a fair bit of the time, but, um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I must recommend to people, I've actually just started in the very uh, recent past just leaving my mobile phone at home, and uh, it's actually wonderful peace. I remember the days of peace that I, I used to have before mobile phones, and it's it actually returns to you again when you don't have your mobile phone with you. And now I know, Gary, whenever I try and call you, why I can't get you. Oh, yes, there's quite a few people who are wondering. Oh, they, they leave messages and... Uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, look, let's come to our World Watch uh, segment. Uh, now, uh, look, David, I, I don't know if you saw just uh, just this last weekend here in uh, uh, here in Australia, 60 Minutes uh, aired an expose uh, detailing abuse allegations. And uh, the the it was on Channel um, 2, I think, here in uh, here in Adelaide, uh, celebrity culture at Hillsong Church, and uh, um, and this this was written up on a, a website that I uh, that I follow, uh, Christian Headlines, and uh, this is this is the way they described it. Uh, over the weekend, sixty Minutes Australia released a major expose on Hillsong Church, uh, shedding light on multiple allegations of sexual abuse and celebrity culture seen across its church's world. Worldwide, the expose entitled "Hillsong Hell" uh, included stories of two women who were reportedly victims of abuse from Hillsong staff and members. Uh, the Roy's report reported uh, one woman uh, shared her story of abuse, alleging that she was assaulted by Hillsong worship leader uh, who was a married man. In 2018, as she reported the assault to Hillsong Church, where uh, May's father serves as head of human human resources, um, a former stu- as a former student at Hillsong. Uh, College claims that Hillsong promoted, uh, she claims that Hillsong promoted him instead of firing him. Additionally, uh, the man's wife uh, was reportedly appointed as the leader of that particular department. A, A second woman, also went by the alias of Catherine, told 60 Minutes that she was raped by a fellow Hillsong member a former youth leader at Hillsong's East Melbourne campus, um, reported the rape in 2018 to Hillsong's pastor who refused to take any action. Additionally, um, one individual criticised Hillsong's embrace of celebrity culture within the church. We've created a celebrity culture in the church, he said. Pastors have become rock stars. Pastors oftentimes live in these big churches. They live better than most of the people in their congregation. And you create a culture inside of the church that ultimately results in that pastor and those leaders becoming less and less accountable uh, as uh, those leaders become more and more insulated. Uh, on uh, on Monday, Hillsong uh, criticised the claims uh, made on the 60 Minutes expose as gutter journalism at its finest. Uh, let us reiterate, Hillsong Church uh, takes any claims of assault extremely seriously and we allocate sufficient, significant resources so that we can 
all attend our services and events in a safe environment, uh, they they responded. Now, David, look, I don't want to sort of um, build a big case against a Hillsong. This is uh, certainly a you know a media um, sixty minute uh, report. But look, I'm conscious that uh, certainly this uh, uh, the issue of abuse is. Uh, is something that has impacted all churches. It's not just Hillsong that's been impacted by this. I, I can think of numerous churches, and including our own, uh, that uh, have dealt with this particular uh, issue. Now, look, to what extent um, do you believe this issue of abuse is in fact still an ongoing problem uh, for churches? This is a pretty tough topic, isn't it, Gary? It is, it is. But, but, but you're but the right it, man for it. But, but it's a critical topic because yeah. there's certainly in our culture in Australia and certainly across the world in churches, and let's just say too, not just churches, the uh, Royal Commission into this in Australia was looking also at things such as gymnastic and swimming clubs and, yeah. and um, other sorts of charities and even government-type things. But churches certainly... Have uh, have had to put up their hand as they should and should have even prior to this. So churches anywhere where um, there are vulnerable people, such as children and even some adults, are vulnerable. Anywhere where there's people that are vulnerable, there is the potential for um, people with evil intent to mm. prey upon them. And one of the challenges uh, I believe is with churches and Christianity and 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 possibly most religions is that uh, we tend to be fairly trusting. We look for the good in people. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, we try not to be judgmental. However, um, because of that, sometimes I believe churches have become places of, in the past, particularly of risk. Uh, certainly uh, in, in my time as a minister, I'm aware across a number of denominations of instances where there's been survivors and, and things that have occurred. And it's such a... it's it's. It's, it's traumatic, isn't it? it? Absolutely. For the individual, often their life yeah. is ruined. Yeah. And uh, we can't downplay that at all. It, it's massive. It's so significant. And it impacts the broader community in the church, those outside the church, family members. Uh, so it's absolutely significant. So I believe the Christian church in general, and I say in general, has um, really lifted uh, as they should uh, their standards, their procedures, their checking of uh, potential volunteers, their safety measures in places and codes of conducts, uh, and and so so in other words, the uh, you know there's been changes from the more historical see no evil type approach. Well, I, I remember, yeah, absolutely. I remember also hearing stories of other denominations in the past, and and you are correct, Gary, this can be in any denomination, mm-hmm. but other denominations where a certain uh, priest or a, a, a minister uh, would be an offender and uh, they would just move that person on to another parish. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And um, now if that did occur, and I think there is evidence that that has occurred in some instances in the yeah. past, uh, that's not the way things are to be done. I mean, this is the highest office, I think, that you can uh, 
when it comes to religion, a, a great position of trust. Yeah. Well, I certainly know that, you know, certainly during, you know, I, I spent some time in administration myself. And one of the things that I'm, I'm really conscious of is that uh, certainly when uh, these types of issues were raised, there was accountability that was expected. Uh, the old days of sort of we, we move the guy on to, to, to somewhere else is certainly long gone. Moving Moving people on doesn't remove the problem yeah it yeah. shifts the problem and it doesn't give acknowledgement yeah to the pain and the suffering that's in, been inflicted so look I, I think um i think things have improved uh, i think there will always be challenges though wherever there are vulnerable people yeah the other thing that is also really important is that um uh a lot of the cases that we still hear about a lot uh, are often historical. I read something a number of months ago that I think it takes on average about 20 years yeah, for yeah. people to report the trauma yeah. and the abuse. Yeah, And yeah. a lot of them, sadly, um, don't take it a lot further because if they know it goes to court then uh, they'll be that'll all be dragged up afresh. That can be a really rough road in the court environment, can't it? Yeah, and so I think one of the blessings, uh, the good things out of the Royal Commission is that there is this something called redress where people can um, have their, their situation and what, what occurred to them uh, sought under this government system which uh, removes the courts and all the trauma of under-investigation. It's a lower threshold yeah. uh, for them and um, it can provide some... Uh, restitution, if you like, yeah. that doesn't repair the damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, that's that's. I really, I really appreciate what you've actually said there, David. But look, one other thing that this article does say, and I'd really appreciate your comment on it, and uh, that's this issue of celebrity culture, uh, because uh, again, I mean, this uh, Hillsong are certainly being accused of uh, of this celebrity culture, but this is something that could impact any church. This isn't just a, a Hillsong issue. Uh, this is uh, what it said again. Um, additionally. A Hillsong was criticised for the embrace of celebrity culture within the church. We've created a celebrity culture in the church, he said. Uh, pastors have become rock stars. Pastors oftentimes live in these big churches, live better than most of the people in their congregation. Uh, and you create that culture uh, inside of the church that ultimately results in the pastor and those leaders becoming less and less accountable as these leaders become more and more insulated. Now, David, do you sense that this indeed could be a, a challenge? Absolutely. And and as I reflect on this, how would have Jesus would have he uh, pastored a church, shepherded a church, led a church where pastors were treated like rock stars? Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, look what happened to the leaders of the early church. Yeah, yeah they yeah. they gave everything. Yeah. Uh, so so this is the world coming into the church. This is consumerism, materialism, uh, lifting up of the individual instead of lifting up Jesus. And and there are churches uh, where this can. Uh, some systems allow this to happen. It's more likely to happen. Uh, than other um, church structure systems. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I appreciate what you're saying there because I, you know, I, I'm conscious of sometimes even the uh, television evangelists. You know, you sort of read of them uh, private jets, and uh, you sort of got to start to ask, hey, I mean, this really is providing that uh, non-biblical, non-Christ-centered example because it's something that I, I certainly don't imagine uh, Christ actually becoming involved in the accumulation of personal wealth. And I think the other thing here too, Gary, is that God, 
on those whom God has placed a calling to full-time pastoral ministry, the aim of the minister should never be to have self-elevated. Now, yeah. we, every single human being uh, wrestles with pride at times, right? Where yeah. everyone's yeah. human. Yeah. But the aim of a minister of religion is not to have self-elevated, but Jesus-elevated. Yeah. The aim of a minister should never be for people to follow him or her, but rather for people to follow Jesus Christ. Mm. And so if self is being elevated, so there is almost rock star-like status, you are setting yourself up for a fall because all you are is human. And Satan will use that that pride, that, that level of grandeur and, and rock star status, if you like, and it won't be long, perhaps, before you fall. Okay, okay, that's a, that's an incredible warning. Actually, I really do appreciate that because I think it's certainly thoroughly biblical what you're actually saying there. I mean, I I love Philippians chapter two where it talks about let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus, and it talks about how Christ was willing to uh, to come to this earth and sacrifice Himself. And uh, it, to me, there's an amazing lesson in that particular passage. And how this story was portrayed on 60 Minutes, if if you look at that passage in Philippians 2 compared to what was portrayed, if that's accurate, there is a complete divergence, isn't there, between there is. the model that Jesus gave and, and what is often seen. Yeah, and of course, we're not just talking about Hillsong here. No, the truth. Uh, because this is something that impacts certainly all Christian leaders uh, and uh, all all pastors and, and priests and religious professionals. And perhaps there's something to be said for smaller churches, not big mega churches. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I thank you so much for that, Dave. Really do appreciate it. Uh, look, uh, guys, let's come to uh, uh, some music. This is uh, Tom Tom Fedick, and uh, it's simply entitled uh, "Trust." Uh, really, uh, really wonderful uh, thought in uh, in this song.
in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. What what wonderful thoughts uh, for the day and the age in which we're living today. And a day and age of conspiracy theories everywhere. In thee, O Lord, uh, do I put thy trust. Uh, now, look, guys, uh, we've got uh, got for you today uh, a wonderful uh, free free gift. Now, look, if you'd like a copy of this book, um, it's uh, it's available to you. Uh, we're sharing with you the book uh, Signs of Hope. Uh, now, this is uh, so relevant, so incredibly relevant for the world in which we're actually living. Uh, in a world in which life is no longer seek, sacred, a hunger and poverty are rampant, and natural disasters are worse than ever before, people find themselves hoping against hope that things are going to get better. Uh, this book is entitled Signs of Hope. You'll love uh, this uh, this little book. It's, uh, it's so easy uh, to be able to read. Now, look, if you'd like a copy of uh, this book, Signs of Hope, uh, look, just text us here at our uh, studio a text number. Our number is 04 888 That number again is 04 888 uh, 11. And look, all you need to say in your text is our code, which is SA for South Australia, 17. That's all you need to, need to say, SA17. And, uh, you'll be contacted by our friendly robot. And, uh, love, uh, love our mate robot. He does such a fantastic job. We work him, uh, day and night. And he's happy to work day and night. I love, uh, our mate robot. And, uh, he'll simply ask you for your, uh, contact deals, details. And uh, he'll uh, uh, he'll work the the most efficient way uh, for you to be able to get uh, a copy of uh, of this book. The book is Signs of Hope, and that number again is oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. And look, if you've got any uh, questions, thoughts, or concerns, um, uh, please uh, feel free also to uh, text them in uh, to us at our at our studio here. We'd love uh, to actually receive your uh, receive your feedback. Uh, now, welcome back. You're uh, you're actually listening to uh, to Faith uh, Faith FM uh, Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today, our co-host is uh, Pastor David Butcher, and David's the president of the Seventh Day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Uh, this week, uh, we're asking the question: How do I make sense of conspiracy uh, theories? Uh, goodness me, what a huge question this actually is! Um, I actually um, pulled off. Uh, the uh, the internet uh, one article uh, the nine most popular conspiracy theories in recent history and uh, I uh, I really appreciated uh, this uh, this article in the year two thousand twenty one uh, conspiracy theories run ramp- rampant from the halls of Congress to viral Facebook and Instagram posts conspiracy theories the article notes however are nothing new. Um, one uh, American University sociology professor who focuses on radicalization uh, says that these have been able to spread like wildfire over the past decade due to a social media, which can easily amplify and circulate uh, these uh, uh, these theories. Unfortunately, there's actually a, a long historical record of of um uh of conspiracy theories now what are some of the some of the major conspiracy theories that um are, are actually been floating around well you've got 
things in more recent years, there's myths about the Holocaust. Uh, between 1941 and 45, six million Jews uh, were killed across Europe in a horrific genocide led by a Nazi dictator, Adolf Hitler. Despite the fact that the Holocaust is one of the best documented events in history, there are swathes of the population that don't believe it actually happened. In fact, one 2014 survey coordinated by the Anti-Defamation League of more than 53,000 people across 100 countries found that only 30% of respondents thought historical accounts of the Holocaust were Accurate. You know, when I realized that, I sort of thought, this is horrific. Uh, this is really, uh, uh, our lack of studying history is really starting to impact on, uh, uh, on the beliefs of, uh, uh, of so many. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the, uh, uh, the, the belief that, uh, uh, of so many that the moon landing was uh, faked. Now, uh, uh, in July 1969, astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin became the first humans to land on the surface of the moon. Or did they, said the article. Just kidding. Uh, ac- they absolutely did. But by the 1970s, 30% of uh, American people uh, believed the moon landing had actually been faked. The movies have actually been um, compiled uh, to that same same effect, and of course we've got the uh, the theory that Princess Diana's uh, death was uh, was no accident. Um, others suggest that nine eleven uh, was in fact uh, an inside job. Um, and most surprisingly, I you know I didn't come across this until just a few years ago that the Earth is actually flat. The basic idea of this movement is right there in its name. The Earth is flat. It's not a globe. Flat Earthers have a range of theories about how they think the world is actually laid out. But the majority seem to believe the planet is a flat disk on an ice wall uh, around it. Uh, although it's actually easy to laugh off a flat Earth theory, but there are many who do actually believe it. Now, David, you know, I'm really conscious that, you know, these um, these conspiracy theories are something that, you know, it's very easy for us to actually laugh off. And yet, if I look at the internet, I look, you know, I mean, the Facebook, the social media, these are becoming just more and more prolific uh, on every hand. They absolutely are. And as you quite rightly said, Gary, not every conspiracy theory is false. Mm. And so that 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 this is becomes, so important, isn't it? It becomes particular cha- particularly challenging, uh, and so social media, as you've said, uh, is doesn't let up. It's yeah. always throwing something new at us, and so when a conspiracy comes along now, it's magnified so much more than it would have been twenty years ago, mm. let alone fifty or a hundred. Gary. Um, yeah, we have conspiracies, we have conspiracy theories, etc. I believe Christians are very susceptible to conspiracy theories. Why, why, why do you think that is? I guess because in reality, the Bible talks about a great conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. And I know this has been touched on in previous days, but a conspiracy is a secret planning by a group of people to do something illegal. Uh, that, that's one of the definitions. Now, these are some of the synonyms for a conspiracy. A plot, a scheme, intrigue, collusion. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, any particular bean come to mind when we talk about a plot, a scheme, intrigue or collusion? Well, certainly, you know, within the scriptures we've got this whole, I suppose I would call it a, a grand controversy uh, scheme. You know, you have Satan being presented. I mean, this is something that's happening, if you like, behind the scenes. This isn't something that is out there in the open. So uh, certainly many would, would, would simply say, hey, this is a, a grand conspiracy. Exactly, and and this is a conspiracy that is true. So, one of the incredible ways to look at scripture, as you've said, is this this framework of seeing there is God who is good, uh, and everything He does is good, and yet we often blame God when things don't go right. But the Bible talks about a, a creature, a being called Lucifer in heaven, and we've talked about this earlier this week, Isaiah fourteen and Ezekiel twenty eight, uh, who then in Genesis chapter three comes and plants, he's a great conspirator, but he plants a conspiracy theory, yeah, which yeah. actually is true. Yeah. And so I think Christians are, are very um, uh, receptive at times of conspiracies because we are told that Satan is the god of this world. In other words, Christians have actually got their antenna up. More heightened. More heightened. They are, they are prepared to suggest that, they're prepared to believe that, hey, there, there, well, that there is a conspiracy occurring in this world. Because it is a reality, right? Because it is a reality. The biblical picture of sin tells us there is a conspiracy, the big grand conspiracy, and there are other smaller conspiracies. Yeah. So our antenna is up, we're more heightened. Satan is, we are told, 2 Corinthians 4 4 is the god of this world, uh, and he cloaks his strategies in secrecy. Mm. Uh, and then we're also told that uh, uh, humans are, uh, are born in sin and we're not capable of doing anything good. We're incredibly evil, yeah. our yeah. thoughts and our intents. So you put all those things together. You put on top of that what Jesus warned his followers in Matthew 24. It's about three times he says, beware of false prophets and false Christs. He says that before he returns, uh, there will be deceptions that occur. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this is something that sort of you, you've you've got to have as as a Christian if you're going to be a biblical Christian. And I think there's a huge difference here between a person who is actually a biblical Christian and a person who may be an illiterate uh, Christian, if that if such a thing is actually uh, is actually possible. Uh, but we get this uh, th- this picture that's certainly presented in the Word of God, and uh, it certainly does open. It does put our a Christians antenna very high look it really does and i think what you're talking about there is cultural christians mm. that that might be christian by name and they'll suck everything in off social media yeah but we need to go back to the bible so so the question is how do we identify how do we deal what are some of the principles and things we can do to identify a conspiracy theory and look uh, sometimes a conspiracy theory is just like a counterfeit it's so close to the reality yeah yeah. And sometimes it's not until you get right up in front of it. Yep. And sometimes even behind it or past it, yeah. and you look back and you can tell, well, that got me in. Yeah, well, and certainly I know I've certainly, I mean, I get sent material with monotonous regularity and, you know, some I, some is so outlandish, 
I simply, you know, I, I delete that that particular thing. But there are others that you you look at, you consider, and you you think, hey, could this have an element of truth in it? Well, you know, I acknowledge that there are some things that could have an element of truth in them. And these are the most dangerous, Gary. It's interesting. Back to, I wasn't going to head there, but now that you said that, Genesis chapter 3, where the serpent, Satan's through the serpent, speaks through the serpent, hijacks the serpent, if you like, speaks to Eve at the tree in the garden. Did God really say that you can't eat the fruit? Mm. You know, uh, so he, there is an element of truth. But there's a, there's doubt that is placed there as well. There's this mixture of truth and error, isn't there? And and with every conspiracy, I think there is doubt that is cast. Uh, Jesus, when he was tempted in uh, the wilderness after his baptism, Matthew chapter 4, uh, Satan comes to him, if you are the Son of God, mm. if, casting doubt. So sometimes there's an element of truth. There is doubt cast, and our minds are receptive to plots, uh, to subterfuge, uh, I've said that wrong, haven't I? Um, Sounds uh, good to me. The, and, and deceit and, and a plan that goes underneath. Yeah. We like hidden information. We like to have the inside story, the inside running, if you like. So uh, some keys for dealing with conspiracy care, uh, theories, Gary, and conspiracies. Uh, firstly, um, we should focus on what the Bible says instead of spending so much time on social media. It's easy just to watch the latest feed on Facebook or some link from YouTube. And there might be value in that. I'm not saying there's not. But remember, if it's taking us away from the Word of God, we've already been hooked in. So I want to share with you Isaiah chapter 8, verses 12 to 13. Writing 700 years before uh, the birth of Jesus, this is what Isaiah, the gospel prophet, said. He said, Do not call all conspiracy... Uh, do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. Mm. And so we shouldn't call everything that other people call a conspiracy a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. We should ultimately be putting our faith in Jesus Christ. We shouldn't fear conspiracies. We should instead fear or regard or give homage or focus to Jesus Christ. And, and of his course, word. perfect love casts out all what? Fear. Fear. And with all, almost all conspiracies, it results in, in an element of fear. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. when we are fearful, like you see an animal that gets fearful. Uh, when I was young, I was scared of dogs and uh, very scared of dogs. And I'm saying when I was really young. And I would run across a busy – we lived on a busy road. I would run across a busy road with dual lanes uh, – it wasn't dual lanes, two, one other side, dual lines, two solid lines uh, to get away from the smallest puppy. Mm. Fear causes, to act, causes us to act in ways which are not logical. And and if you think about it, I mean, there are people who take conspiracy theories to such an extent that they are prepping. You know, they uh, they become preppers, and uh, you know, I can think in America there are people who have uh, huge underground bunkers. You know, it's nicely stocked with food and water for, for doomsday, all, all for doomsday. And there are TV series, uh, entire TV. And and you know, David, to me, as I look at that, I say, hey, look, you know, if in fact I was a you know a genuine Christian. And if these doomsday things did take place, 
would I sit there with my gun to try to protect all this material or would I be uh, willing to welcome and share and to invite uh, and to assist those who have need and need and help? So the very focus of what you've just said, uh, doomsday occurs or is about to occur, someone's there with their gun trying to protect themselves, the focus is on self-sufficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Christian story is completely different. So, Gary, one of the first principles uh, that I want to share is we should never get ahead of what the God has already revealed to us. Oh, that's important. In other words, we shouldn't speculate. Yeah. And um, just a couple of texts here. Genesis chapter 40, verse 8. And uh, this is a story with, um, with uh, Joseph's story. And they said to him, uh, this is in the prison in Egypt, and they said to him, this is the baker and the butler, we each have had a dream and there is no interpreter, interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell them to me, please. Yeah. So we shouldn't get ahead of what God has revealed to us. And here is Joseph saying to these two uh, helpers of the king who have had dreams, he's saying, interpretations belong to God. In other words, we should not speculate. Mm -hmm. That is actually so key to what we're actually talking here because while Scripture does point out a grand conspiracy and certainly gives certain guidelines, um, speculation is a totally – because what it does is it creates fear in the life of the individual, uh, you know, it, it, it almost takes them on a path where it's sort of, uh, the, uh, where is the next, you know, where is the next, uh, conspiracy theory? You know, how does this link in? And sometimes we join dots that aren't there. Now, I think you mentioned prophecy there. We've been given prophecy for a purpose, right? It reminds me of Daniel. Daniel chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. Previously in Daniel 8, he's seen this vision of, of horrible things happening, all of these beasts yeah, and God's yeah. people being torn down and God's sanctuary being cast down, etc. Daniel eight twenty six and 27. The angel Gabriel says to Daniel, and the vision of the evenings and mornings, which was told as true. Therefore, seal up the vision, for it refers, for it refers to many days in the future. And it then goes on to say that Daniel was faint and sick for many days and he was astonished by what he saw and he did not understand it. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. Daniel was given prophecies in vision and uh, we have those and many of those uh, prophecies have been fulfilled. Some are yet to be fulfilled. Mm. Some of those prophetic visions he received, he could understand. Mm. But there were elements that he could not understand, like we've just read. And he was told in Daniel 8 that what he saw was to be sealed up. Don't worry about it now. It's not for you now. It's for some future point. Yeah, yeah. And so we shouldn't seek to jump ahead where God has not revealed to us uh, what is to take place. Another interesting occurrence of this very same uh, key point Acts chapter 1, Jesus is just about to ascend into heaven, uh, 10 days or so before Pentecost. Uh, He says to his disciples in verse 4, he says, um, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So here are the disciples. Jesus is with them. He is saying, you are going to receive the Holy Spirit. He's going Mm -hmm. to come upon you not many days from now. Now, that's pretty exciting, I would think, right? One would think so. But guess what they then said? They said, they asked a question. They had, When they'd come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? 
In other words, they had an expectation that actually wasn't going to occur because it was a, a preconceived idea that they had fixed in their minds and even after years of Christ teaching them, they still had trouble as, um, uh, um, abandoning that preconceived idea. Absolutely. And here is Jesus about to depart into heaven and he's saying, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send someone else, the gift from the Father, the promise from the Father, the Holy Spirit. You know, you're not going to be on your own. And yet, instead of focusing on the hope and the promise that God wants to give, they're more concerned to have this theory. Something that is incredibly earthy. If you like. Revealed to them. And Jesus says, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes our eyes are drawn to the earthly. Yeah. When God has given us this incredible picture of hope, the Holy Spirit, if you like, in this, this instance. Yeah. I know many times I've had the real privilege to be able to uh, teach uh, uh, prophecy uh, seminars and uh, uh, frequently people will ask questions and, you know, I, I will respond to them often. Look, you know, please go as far as the scriptures go. But don't go any further, you know, because the scriptures actually reveal sufficient about the grand conspiracy that is actually occurring on this earth. And we actually don't need to go into uh, so many of the um, side issues that are certainly being presented on social media today. Look, Ari, and in my ministry, you know, 15, 16, 17, probably 17 years, and I know you've done a couple of decades more, but in my brief time in ministry, I have seen so many people get caught up in videos and documentaries and, and, and some of these things which uh, could well be true. But it becomes all-consuming, doesn't it? It becomes all-consuming. So there is a conspiracy. It is true. It is real. God has given us a framework. We are given, I believe, some of the key guideposts. Yep. But not all of the, uh, not all the, 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 um, not everything, not all the cladding is put on the frame. And some of, some of these things out there may actually have an element of truth to them. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't get the traction that they do actually get. And yet, uh, to me, when they create fear in the heart of the individual, to me, at that point, I've got to say, hey, is this something that's coming from God or is this coming from another source? Is it a, becoming a distracting thing from another source? Look, David, we'll come back in a moment. Let's just come to some uh, some music if we can. Uh, love uh, this particular song. This is uh, uh, Alan, uh, Alan Jackson, and the song is Only Trust Him. Uh, what a message uh, and a time like this. soul by sin oppressed there's mercy with the Lord and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word only trust him only trust him only trust him now he will save Only trust Him, only 
Him. Uh, nothing like a bit of uh, country and uh, country and western. Uh, love, uh, love that particular rendition. Uh, look, we've got uh, that that book again for you, uh, folks. Uh, we're talking so much about conspiracy theories today. Um, we're living in a world that where there is so much that's no longer sacred, where so much poverty, where it's rampant, natural disasters. Uh, we're finding conspiracy theories are just multiplying. The book is entitled Signs of Hope. Uh, this is a fantastic a little book that you'll really appreciate. Uh, look, guys, if you would like a copy of Signs of Hope, please contact us here at the studio on our studio text number. Now, our studio text number is 04888 80811. That number again is 04 triple eight eight oh eight eleven and uh look just send us as a text uh the code SA17. That's SA for South Australia 17. Uh, and our, you'll be contacted by our good friend, the robot. And, uh, he's a nice robot. He's a kind robot. And, uh, you'll really, uh, really appreciate getting to, to know him. He'll just ask you for a few details that we need so we can deliver this book to you in the uh, quickest uh, possible manner. Uh, that's Signs of Hope. And that number again is 04888 808 11. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive time big q a with uh, pastor gary today our co-host is pastor david butcher and david's the president of the seventh day venice church here in south oz and this week uh, we're attempting to make some sense of conspiracy theories david really appreciate what it is you've been sharing at the present time please just bring it all together for us yeah gary so we've talked about there are things that uh, we should not get ahead of God on mm. that he hasn't revealed to us yet. There are other things that we simply don't need to know. And um, one of those, I guess, is the day Jesus returns. Uh, Mark thirteen thirty two. Jesus says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Mm. So we shouldn't be speculating or investing in that. What we should be investing in is the fact that we're ready in Jesus Christ. And that is so key, isn't it? Because it's so easy to be uh, distracted so that we're concentrating on uh, changes in the uh, religious world, changes in the world, but my own personal relationship with Christ is actually suffering in the meantime. Absolutely. Let me give you another example. Revelation 10 verse 4, John the Revelator, the Apostle John on the island of Patmos. Uh, This is what happens. Now, when the seven thunders uttered their voices... John says, I was about to write, 
But I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered and do not write them. We don't need to know. Mm. It's not going to impact our salvation. And yet I have known of people that have written papers on speculating and suggesting what the seven thunders are, even though God said to seal them up and don't write them down. In other words, there are some things that belong unto the Lord our God, uh, but unto us belong those things that have been revealed. And, uh, and to me, as I look at that, I say, hey, you know, uh, that is such a reasonable position to take. Absolutely. So another one is not to get engaged in idle and useless speculation. And this mm. is with any any conspiracy. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 10 that he sends, sends his disciples out as sheep amongst wolves and he told them to be wise as serpents and harmless as, as doves. We need to be wise but harmless, not yeah. inflicting damage. So therefore, when we spread conspiracies, if they're unproven or unfounded, when we uh, use idle talk, there is damage. First Timothy 1, 3-6, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, Remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes, rather than godly edification which is in faith. You know, David, one of the things that I, I find my myself is I, I certainly get a, a large number of conspiracy theories come across my uh, my desk. For some of them, uh, I particularly ones that uh, might have an element of truth to them. I I simply have an attitude of saying, "Hey, I'm going to let this one rest for a little while." And I simply do nothing with it. I don't try to repost it. I don't try to send it out. I just simply allow it and I try to do some homework if it really appeals to me. Uh, but, you know, I find just the sheer practice of allowing it to rest uh, means that over time you can actually get clarification. It's amazing how much just a little bit of time will actually bring many things into the open. And it's interesting, Jesus sort of refers in the Gospel of John that prophecy is best understood once it comes to pass. And mm. sometimes some of these conspiracies are similar. Uh, the other thing I believe is this, that we also need to realize, even though there is this grand conspiracy, there is a time and a place to obey earthly governments. God has put them in their place. Read the book of Romans. Now we know there will come a time where that is not the case. So is it now? Is it some point in the future? We can um, speculate, we can prognosticate, but what we need to do in this time, in this space, is to deepen our relationship in the Word of God. Yeah. And, and you know, James chapter 3 talks about the power of the tongue, one of the smallest mm. things, mm. and yet it can set a whole forest on fire. Yeah. So we need to, as you just said, you'll often sit on these things. We need to be careful not to just, just hit resend or forward, if you like, yeah, on some yeah. of these things. Or I've post got some things. things at the present time that I've actually uh, simply put into the uh, just wait a while on this and just see what develops. And, uh, you know, to me, I just find doing that, it gives a, an amazing ability uh, to be able to uh, think with a clear mind uh, on the uh, on the issues and time often clarifies Many issues. It does. So another thing, Gary, to have peace through all of this is to meditate on God's word. Yeah. Don't yeah. meditate on what comes across Amen. the internet or social yeah. media. And I'm reminded of Philippians 4, 8. The apostle in prison says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy think about such things. 
And in then 2 Corinthians 10.5, he challenges us to keep every thought captive yeah. to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So again, it's this constant submission, Ephesians 6.4, to put on the whole armor, uh, yeah. Ephesians chapter 6, sorry, put on the whole armor of God. So we need to arm ourselves in God's word. Mm. And when we do that, Gary, we don't have to live in a, in a spirit of continual fear. And that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, because perfect love actually casts out this thing called, called fear. And one thing about conspiracy theories is they're actually designed and they generate fear in the heart of so many people. And in so many Christians. Yeah. And when that fear is generated in our own hearts as Christians, then we lose our ability to witness as God would have us. Yeah, yeah. So, so Gary, just a couple of texts on that perhaps that would be really good here uh, are these. Second Timothy one seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Mm. So how do we maintain that um, uh, sane and sound mind and the power of love rather than fear? By dwelling and meditating on his word. And I guarantee if Christians spent as much time in the word of God as they did on social media, there would be far less fear, far less anxiety. We would how, true, how true it is. And, and, you know, my friends, one of the things that you can do is live. I mean, I, I know myself, I'm actually not connected to any social media. And uh, I find this an absolutely incredible blessing. People can contact me through my, through my emails. I've got access to websites if I, if I want them. Uh, but not having, uh, web, not having uh, social media uh, is, is an incredible blessing. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I've spoken to quite a number of people and, and, and suggested to them that, hey, to lay it aside, even for a short period, and see how life have goes. Have a Sabbath with social media. To have a to have a Sabbath, to have a uh, to, to, to have a a quiet time where you turn off all your social media. It is an incredible blessing. You can get used to it. Absolutely. So, Gary, ultimately, we need to obey God rather than man mm. when something conflicts with the law of God. Yeah. Okay. That, that scripture is very clear. In the book of Acts, the apostle said that we must obey God rather than man mm. because they were trying to refuse their ability to talk about Jesus and his resurrection, yeah. that he's the Messiah. So, what is one of the other things we can do in times of conspiracies? James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Yeah. So let's yeah. focus on the word of God. Let's focus on deepening our prayer life as, as Daniel did, as we read uh, Daniel yeah. chapter 8, 26 and 27. He didn't understand something, and so mm. he, he, he prayed, he talked with the Lord. And in fact, in Daniel chapter 9, he still doesn't understand. And what's he doing? He goes back to Scripture. And what rest and what peace does this actually bring, bring on? It yeah. brings peace. It brings answers. Yeah. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you for being the almighty God. Lord, thank you for revealing to us in your word the overarching conspiracy. Lord, thank you for uh, challenging us uh, to keep keep out a weather eye. Uh, But Lord, uh, I just pray uh, for each person who might be listening to us today. Uh, Lord, I just pray that a central... Uh, to their belief and practice might be your word. Uh, Lord, that we might spend more time in our, wo- in your word, uh, than on social media. 
Lord, I just pray for any who are struggling. I pray for any uh, who might be sick. Uh, Lord, any who might be facing financial problems, relationship problems. Lord, I pray that uh, you might you might uh, respond to their prayer, that you might heal where healing is is necessary. Lord, I just pray for each of our listeners right now, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan will be looking at the question, my friend loves conspiracy theories. How can I help? I really look forward to being with you then. But until then, please remember uh, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So uh, don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.